Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today I've got Anthony Smith on and he's a trailer editor. Hi Anthony. Hello, how are you? Very good mate, very good. We're Thursday, we're close to the weekend so it's, it's going well. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a very similar feeling. It's been a very good week, very good week, very good couple of weeks actually um, yes. from, from our point of view. So we're still riding riding that wave at the moment. So very much looking forward to the weekend, relaxing yeah. a bit starting again next week exactly um Anthony do you want to jump straight in and tell everyone a bit about what you do yeah sure so I am the trailer editor for Stephen Bartlett's the diary of a CEO podcast um it's a, it's one of the biggest podcasts in Europe at the moment it's doing absolutely insane numbers incredible incredible views incredible lessons and my job is to basically entice people in every Monday and Thursday on his socials to basically show off the episode that we have ahead and create a little teaser into what's going to become that episode. Wow. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people that listen to podcasts have listened to some Stephen's episodes. Um, you know, it is a brilliant podcast. So it must be an awesome place to work. And that kind of environment must be uh, really interesting. It is, yeah. It's 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 very different, really. It's um, I I mean, you sort of you'll get this a lot from uh, agencies, and they they always say like they're quite quirky to work for. They have these little gimmicks that um makes them unique. But I think here it's just the culture is incredible here, and it's the first thing I noticed. Um, the team ever since I joined, the team have been amazing. They're so supportive. They're amazing with feedback they're amazing with praise everyone's got each other's back and it all stems down from Stephen himself you know that's the that's the atmosphere that he's always wanted to create with his with his businesses and the team that he's created here um they're all so phenomenal um they're fantastic they're so talented and you can see why Stephen's brought them in um yeah. But I think because of that, we've just we've just got such a great group here, and um, it makes it an absolute pleasure to come in every day. Wow! So let's go back a bit. How did you get into the world of video editing? Wow! So it lit. It starts from if we're going way way back. So when I was growing up, I always wanted to be an actor. So I was a bit of a child actor so I've done a lot of stage a lot of theater I was I got into um, a really cool uh, drama college drama school with an agency and during that time it was because I, I wanted to be in film I wanted to entertain people and I was doing a performance one night and I just got this sudden sense of stage fright and I was terrified and from that night onwards, I said, I'd, I'd never want to act again. I'd never want to be on stage again. Oh, wow. Um, and it was quite a big shock to the system because that was everything that I've always wanted to do. That was everything I built my entire life up to at that point. Looking back, I was only young, so it wasn't, I've still got many years to go now. But, <laughs> um, but it was around that time as well, I was doing media studies and making short films and writing and uh, as you would with a lot of your own passion projects you sort of do everything yourself and I sort of got this love of being behind the production and bringing 
elements like that to life to make a, a really cool short film and then that moved into music videos and then uh, I went to university to do film production and I met there my past uh, business partner and when we graduated I stayed up north in Lancashire and we created a company called Red Pencil Productions which was a video production company aimed at raising the bar on how uh, video marketing was done especially in cities like Preston and we sort of defined ourselves as being the team that created narrative driven or emotionally driven assets for marketing video in in Preston and in the cities around there and part of my job there was editing and that was my favorite aspect of it um it I loved being on set I loved working with the actors I loved writing but I felt my own and felt being the best I could be sitting in my dark in my little dark room editing away and bringing every element to life and having the full control and the full freedom I think that's really interesting because um I I followed a few people on YouTube that are kind of uh, describe themselves as videographers the likes of sort of Peter McKinnon, Chris Howe, and people like mm. that. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and they're very interesting. You know, what they do is very, very cool. But I get the feeling, and I could be wrong, that the editing is a part they kind of have to do. They enjoy it to some extent, but for most people, it's not the way you view it. You're saying you actually love the editing part. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, really. It's um even going through university, I think it's I think it's a bit of a common misconception with with film and with this industry is everyone feels like they'll love every element of of this process and it's only really when they get down to it there's only potentially one aspect that they love and the rest is almost seen as work to them and i i had that i sort of experienced that a lot with like students at that on that course and I think with me, that was similar, except my way was going towards the edit. I think there's just so much you can do in an edit that you can completely change the tone, the style, the the theme, the genre, the mood. You can change whatever you want in the edit. And when you sort of have that creative freedom, that's when you can sort of go into your own. Um, but it's difficult. It is really difficult. And there's elements of it that, you need to know the technical side but you also need what i think is more important is that element of telling a story and being able to create emotion if you can't do that then your editing will always suffer from it so i think for a lot of videographers who do editing they might have that technical side to them but they struggle with the emotional element and telling that story and taking the audience on that roller coaster that makes them really respond to to the videos that they make yeah no it's really interesting i think this whole world of uh content production video audio um is only going to grow from here on you know every industry needs good content and there's companies that are, are out there producing this content and uh, a skill like yours uh like you say storytelling through editing is only going to grow right and there'll be more and more positions in in the kind of field you're in do you think yeah, I believe so. I mean, I hope so. It's we're we're sort of in a weird stage at the moment where anyone can make a video, especially with TikTok and and 
uh, Instagram and obviously with YouTube, it, it got it's got to a point where not only can anyone make a video, the what people wanted to achieve from that video changed. And I mean, as you know, from TikTok, a lot of it is people just doing a crazy dance or um, doing the same skits all over again and again and again and again. Mm. Um, and I think there's that element of that side. But one thing that will always stay is, especially for brands and especially for companies when it comes to marketing, is telling a story. That's something that's lasted for generations and generations from sitting down at a campfire and telling a story mm. to, to obviously making films and write some of the best songs in the world have the storylines behind them. And so I think that will be an element that will never go. And I think it's key for companies and businesses to find their story and to tell stories within their brand, because that's what people can relate to. That's what I think makes it more than just a 15 second laugh or a like a 10 second watch time. Mm. Uh, what makes people stay with them is the storyline at the end and the emotion that it created for them. So I think that will always stay. And I think it's something that a lot of businesses are sort of catching on for and something that can really benefit them. I think I'm, I'm really interested in what you're doing at the moment as well. You know, you're the trailer editor for this huge, huge podcast. And going back to sort of storytelling, what you're saying there, are you finding it challenging to be able to tell a story in those kind of trailers or do you sort of thrive on that being able to, you know, draw people in with with those edits you make? Um. Huh. it's it's a tricky one really it's i mean a lot of it obviously depends on the guests that we have and um i was i was brought in for there wasn't really a particular brief as to why i was brought in i was brought in to just come up with something new and um jack who's the producer and the director of the podcast and and steve the first thing they said was just do what you want to do, have fun, be creative. We want to see what you think we, we should create. And what's crazy about it is, is ever since we started doing these trailers, we're seeing more and more podcasts um, trying to replicate the style. Mm. So they're now trying to create this emotional journey. Whereas before, most podcasts, especially um the trailers were almost like clips. They would focus on one particular moment. They might add some music. Um, and at the start of their podcast, they might have like a coming up section and they'll talk about one section or one, one moment. And what we've really done is gone back to what makes, what, what makes marketing of films successful. It's what makes marketing of TV shows successful. It's that drum of that, that, that trailer experience people when in the cinema uh, people love watching trailers that's what gets them excited so especially with my past background before working for uh, Steve I worked for a, a social agency that specialized in film campaigns and tv show campaigns oh wow and they and they ran the socials for massive film franchises um, around the world and 
I sort of got that hand-on experience then of combining my experience running the company, making those narrative-driven assets to merging it into featurettes and social assets for big film franchises. And we're lucky in a sense that obviously a film has a story, it has a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm. And so I, ha- I, I could easily merge those two together. The challenge that I had with the podcast is, is how can I create an intriguing enough trailer within at first it was a minute now we can go to a minute and a half but how can i create an intriguing trailer and tell that storyline and give enough elements from just an interview as opposed to a normal film trailer which has many scenes action sequences different different actors different cast it's really just between two people having a conversation and so that that was a bit of a challenge at the start and but i think I'm lucky in a sense that Steve's episodes, they they go on a journey, the whole episode. Mm. They have a beginning, a middle and an end. And he asks the questions that a lot of guests say that they've never been asked before. And so when I get moments like that, it's almost a, a, like it's almost given to me on a plate sometimes yeah. because I know how to entice them in because we know they've not been asked this question. We know fans of this guest don't know what they're about to say next um we're sort of becoming a little bit well known for always leaving our trailers on cliffhangers mm. uh, we, we get quite a lot of comments from it how it happily frustrates people because now they have <laughs> to go and watch the episode and that's what that's something that we've i feel like we've brought into the podcast industry and something i think people are trying to replicate and it's helped create that storyline and helped create that intrigue with the audience. No, it's really interesting. I mean, when we're on this podcast, we like to give people an idea of what the kind of skill sets uh, behind what they do, what it could lead to. And you very mm. nicely slotted in there about you working for the company that that handled socials for massive films and, and things like that. But where else can this skill set be used? You know, you can make videos for brands, you can work in things like, you know, doing trailers for movies. Like where else can this take you? Where is your skill set used? Just sort of a, a wide overview. I mean, in in terms from an editing perspective, absolutely absolutely anywhere i genuinely believe it it's not many people done if any really done what we've done in the podcast industry um like i was saying before we've we've brought that element to it and so definitely brands can do it obviously you've got tv commercials i think with everything like with everything online with social media it's i think a lot of brands would would benefit from having a storyline there. Um, but in terms of my skill set, TV commercials, um, f- commercials for theatre, assets for theatre, assets for books, obviously film trailers, um, TV TV trailers, um, event event socials. You know, all of these, all of these aspects. They the way you sell to someone is to play off their emotions. They say laughter and sadness are the two most powerful emotions you can have. And most people purchase or most people ha- act on an emotion. So if you can make them laugh, if you can make them cry, they're going to act on it. 
And so that can work for absolutely any industry. And you've just got to find almost like your unique way in there or your unique way of telling that story. But I do believe it can be used for absolutely any industry, um, even even if it's not so much as being an editor, but from a content content producer point of view or even from a from a videographer what sort of shots you want to get how um how you want to convey how you can convey a storyline as a videographer you may not edit it but the shots you get can make it so an editor can make can create this epic storyline mm-hmm. so you almost create your beginning middle and end while Sean shoots if you're a content producer even from from written content obviously it's telling that you can still tell that story you can almost leave that cliffhanger so creating assets for a for motion i think can be used for absolutely anything wow so somebody listening to this and thinking do you know i'd actually really love to get into editing what would be maybe three key, key skill sets you'd suggest they go away and try and learn the first thing i would recommend is to watch as almost become a bit of a film film geek um i'm i'm probably going to get rinsed by my friends and (laughs) the people i work with here for the example i'm about to give because it comes up on a daily occurrence but um um disney yeah are incredible storytellers i would i would go and say they're probably the best at telling a story you can I believe you can learn everything I've learned just through watching Disney films from the Disney classics. It's they, they almost have, you can find it out online. They have like three pillars of how to tell like a convincing story, how to get the audience on board, how to map out a story. So, and the, and the only way I learn is when I went to university, I didn't do an editing course. We never got taught editing. Oh, wow. All the only way I learned editing was by doing it, and that's how I, I'm not the most technically gifted editor. Even now, I'm still learning things all the time. Um, we have a we have a thing here where every single project, every single aspect we do, we try and add that extra one percent. Um, I'm doing two trailers a week, so I'm trying to find one percent in every trailer I do. <laughs> so I'm constantly learning new new aspects and new yeah. elements that I can bring into a trailer. And so I'm learning all the time from a technical point of view. Mm. But what I think's really benefited me was watching films nonstop, learning how to tell a story. I wrote short I wrote short stories when I was younger and I continue to write little stories. Everything I do is to try and create a an emotional response Mm. so the first skill i'd say is obviously just the research and that research is quite fun because it's obviously just watching films it's watching tv shows it's watching trailers um every time a film comes out i'll make sure i watch the trailer and i want to find out what elements of those trailer works for me if i want to watch this film i I sort of ruin it for other people who are around me who have watched the trailer because I'm then dissecting the trailer <laughs> and and saying what I thought worked, what I thought didn't work, but what ultimately, how did I feel at the end of this and why? So research is the key one. Second one is just full-on practice. Mm-hmm. It's, um, again, like I said, I was never taught editing. 
I the only reason I learned was because we didn't have any editors to make our projects. And when I then started the company with Joe, we we couldn't afford to have an editor. So I I took on the editing responsibilities. So wow. and and so you're you're learning from that you're learning from that every day and you will make a lot of mistakes doing it. You'll look back on your first projects and think they're horrendous. <laughs> um, but that's the only way you can really get into it. And at the end of the day, the only reason why I got my job here was because of my showreel that I got from my previous job. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I got that job was because of my showreel from when I started the company. And the only reason how we managed to get any sort of clients, which grew to clients like ASDA and the army and the NHS, yeah, wow. the, only, the only reason how we managed to get them was by showing them short films and music videos and smaller client work that we'd worked on, um, which was quite daunting, really. You're, you're pitching to a company like the NHS and you're against loads of different other video production agencies and they the pitch is to do a uh, an asset based on dementia and you're trying to convince them that you can do the work showing music videos of a rock band or (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it's quite a difficult pitch that i'd imagine it's a very difficult pitch so it so it comes down to when you're making your showreel um which is my probably my third point is when you make your show reel don't just make your one show reel and then it's done and then expect it's that that's it then you can just send it off to absolutely everyone and it's fine i try to make a show reel specific to the person or to the company that mm. i would be sending it to so for for steve when i sent in my work it was very much i wanted to again drum up the emotion drum up the excitement and leave them wanting to watch more of my work so that was a lot more energetic but also he surprisingly still managed to weave a storyline between works from film franchises and tv shows and then nhs and the army all weaving them together for the for the nhs i've done a lot a a much slower paced piece from my editing from Mm. the work that we had done so it's the the only way you can do that is to practice and the only way you can do that is to keep working on it keep getting involved Mm. throw yourself in to edit short films to to edit music videos um and to just really drum up as much experience as you can and work so when it comes to getting the job that you really want you've got the materials there to make a showreel that you think can really blow this company apart i mean i think that's some brilliant advice and definitely people will be listening to this that want to go into editing. And obviously, you know, you've got this fantastic opportunity at this fantastic uh, uh, workplace. You're mentioning reels and, you know, producing something, showcasing your work, which is I bang on about this constantly on the podcast. Our usual listeners will be very bored of me saying this, but <laughs> um, I encourage the use of LinkedIn to showcase their work or to talk yes. about projects they're on. I encourage them to produce portfolios, just create something that's more than a CV. Now, people will be really interested to hear that you got your job at where you're working because you built and showcased 
your work in a, in a reel. You know, you, you've created that. Was there anything else you did to help yourself get where you are today? I mean, th- there there are elements. I think there will come a time where I think with every job you you'll have a CV. Um, so the way I worked the CV was again to try and make it a little bit a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, oh yeah. So so for my previous job was a CV and a showreel. Um, for for uh, for Steve, I actually created a CV website. Ah, um, yes, very cool. People have just started talking to us about doing this actually, and it's a brilliant idea. I think it's especially especially for what we do it's it's incredible and it's almost it makes you think why why would you not because at the end of the day we're we're in a visual industry and it's very hard to showcase how good you are on a piece of paper yeah you can't you can't you can't really show anything i had i had a cv as a because some places might want it a bit more formal or it is nice to sort of see your skills listed and and things like that but um my main aspect was a website and it allowed me to have the showreel front of center you'd then scroll down and then there would be um i think there was like three different categories one was commercials one was social assets and one was featurettes so then they could choose the one that was more unique to them so they click on social assets and then they'll see examples of actual individual work from previous clients and the film franchises that that are worked on so they can see the full 30 second instead of one second in a showreel if they wanted so they're almost got this one one hub of where they can see absolutely everything they want they can see an about me if they want to see an about me They've got contact details on there. They've got everything the CV shows, but it's in a visual medium and they they don't have to faff around reading a piece of paper, then trying to like search it online or copying and pasting a link. It's all there for you. Mm. I think it's I think if you want to impress someone, you have to try and you have to put yourself out there a bit more. You have to you have to mean it. You, I feel like if you just send a CV, that's great. But then if someone, it, I always think of if it comes down to two people, whoever put that extra bit of work in, I think will win Yeah. because it shows how much they care about it. That website took me, like, I mean, not too long, but it took me quite a bit of time to make. And mm. I was updating it as much as I could. The show reel, I was updating it as much as I could. And because of that, everything just almost linked linked together nicely and you almost have like this brand when you're going Mm. to speak to these companies and it's impressive you know they're they're they might be expecting a a piece of paper but they're not they're scrolling through a website they're seeing all your work there in the flesh and it's i think it's the perfect way to really showcase your work Mm. no no i I couldn't agree more it sounds like a brilliant way to showcase especially like you say in in a visual industry it's a winner um i'm interested to get your opinion on so you went to university um yes now i'm a big believer in the fact that for a lot of industries nowadays you don't necessarily have to go to university there are other routes and other ways in um especially you know with the cost of going these days i think there's mm. other ways to get where you want to be but 
equally i understand there are you know some courses where you can get a lot of value from going to university as well as kind of life skills what's your opinion on going to university to do what you're doing now oh i'm 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 torn because of for two reasons if i'm completely honest in terms of it's all it's always quite difficult i've been asked this a few times and it's quite difficult for me to say because I do genuinely believe I am where I am because of university. That being said, I think I'm only where I am is because of the opportunities I created whilst I was at university. Mm. So if I was to if I was to really dissect it, I wouldn't have met my former business partner Joe at university because I I live in London and my I went to the University of Central Lancashire in Preston. I wouldn't have met him. Um, potentially Red Pencil wouldn't have been created. That would then potentially not lead to the work that I've got to then to get my job at the other agency and then et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, one thing I will say is, is university, especially I think for the courses that we do, is only beneficial if you make it beneficial, um, which is why I then think you don't, need university in fact I, I you definitely don't need university if mm. i'm honest if you got something like an apprenticeship or if you was doing um jobs here and there and you built your career up that way i would probably actually say it's more beneficial mm. um but with university so many i always see it as out of all the people who graduated doing our course i think and there was there was a lot of us I think only four or five work in this industry in some capacity. Wow. The rest, I remember speaking to some and they were saying, oh, I'm going to become a hairdresser. This was during the course um, or near <laughs> the end of graduation or um, oh, I don't really know what I want to do yet. And it's the final day of university. And I think it's because a lot of people, they go to university or they'll do this course and they'll expect everyone to tell them exactly what they need to do to get into the industry. This is how you do it. It's this simple. It's black and white. And the reality of it is you the second you graduate, you're you're starting from ground zero again. You just might have some work mm. or you have a little bit more experience. And again, it's because doing film production is such a broad course. They didn't do an editing course. They didn't do a sound design course they didn't do specific technical courses it was make a film make an experimental film this is like they'll they'll talk about scripts for example or, or how to write but they'll never dive deep into what you would probably need to then get work mm. um and the only reason my university experience was success successful i purely think is because of um the work that i've done with joe and the extra work that we've done from it and yeah. we we were taking on jobs and we were making short films even though we didn't have to make short films um i spent i spent time learning at university from my off my own back as opposed to what i was just learning courses and i think a lot of the people who just expected to get told everything and this is the pathway into university it's, um, it's really funny you say that that's the second time 
um, somebody has given that answer about university and it's the best answer to be honest with you that we that I've heard doing this and we're like 220 episodes in now <laughs> it's the best answer because you know some people say I went to university and I did my degree and it was great and it's like okay and then you're the second person to say I went to university I did my degree but then I also used the time at university to further my skill set, to use all of the facilities available to you at the university yeah. to yeah. learn and develop further. You know, I've got loads of friends who won't mind me saying they went to university, studied whatever they studied and spent most of the time not in the uni lectures, <laughs> in yeah. the pubs and in the yeah. bars, which is fine. Like it's an experience. Yeah, it's a of life course. Experience. And, and the other thing I was going to say is like the one reason why I would recommend to uni and more mm. importantly moving away from your mm. home to go to university is i learned so many life skills yeah that uh, that i can see with a lot of my friends that, that who didn't go uni have not learned yet yeah um and you're basically you learn to become you learn to live on your own you learn to sort yourself out you can get like freshers out of your system and mm. like you said obviously you need to go and enjoy yourself it's the only time really i see where you can for three years go out three four oh christ go out four <laughs> four times in a week um um which to be fair in preston it was fine you could get absolutely smashed on 20 quid because <laughs> it was that cheap but um that's the only time you can do that and you need to do that but i yeah. think like what you were saying so many people just didn't take advantage of the equipment there and no. reality of it was our our campus had incredible cameras had incredible had incredible light and had editing had editing studios well they say it was, they had rooms with edit like editing software on there that you could use at all times mm. um and if you found yourself a little group where you can create little projects it's worthwhile but it's it's not if you just think you're just going to go sit in a class for an hour and then go home and chill mm. it's it's a waste oh no it's, it's perfect answer um well anthony listen thank you so much for your time today it's been fascinating hearing about your career how you got into it there's loads of great advice in there for anyone that wants to become an editor um and i think the job you're doing now is incredibly cool um i'll think <laughs> of you, you when i see the uh when i see the trailers next um, awesome. but yeah thank you so much for coming on and, and where can people find you and your work and, and what you're up to yes yeah, so you can find me on linkedin like you said unbelievably important i think um if you're a professional so um obviously just anthony smith at linkedin and then on instagram you can find me on instagram i'm anthony r dot smith and that's where you can find me on there as well fantastic thank you anthony thank you